Hello, and welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, a podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Annie Brady of Bound Co. Hi. Now, before we jump into all our quilty fabric fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Annie? I'm the designer and owner of Bound Company, which is a quilt and craft pattern business. I've also been designing fabric in collaboration with Moda since 2017. Um, Before I set up Bound Company, I used to use the Instagram handle Surface Love. So some people might remember me from that. I live in a creaky old loft building in Providence, Rhode Island with my husband, our 10-month-old baby girl and our cat, Sid. And I'm originally from Ireland, as you can probably hear from my accent. Um, We moved here eight years ago during one of the snowiest winters on record and we're still here so I don't know what that says I guess Providence is a fun place so why did you change your business name to Bound Co? well um basically when I first started designing I wasn't designing quilts and so I needed something that was a bit more appropriate to quilt design so um obviously the literal meaning of bound company is like the quilt binding. It's the final thing you do after you've finished making the quilt. So it kind of made sense. But I also needed something that was non-specific enough to be used for my other design work as well, because I designed fabric under the name as well. So I felt like it was a nice nod to quilting without being too specific. And then there's kind of a personal aspect as well to the name because, because I've been living away for so long from where I grew up. I kind of liked that it indicated like the journey aspect of like being bound on an adventure or homeward bound or like just the journey. So that's that's the secondary meaning. So you you alluded to the fact that you started um, designing fabrics before you started quilting. Can you tell us about your journey into illustration and fabric design and then how that turned into designing quilt and cross stitch patterns? Sure. I mean, it's been a bit of a winding journey. It's, um, I mean, I've always been interested in art and design. I went to art college in Ireland. I studied graphic design and illustration. And then one of the first jobs I had out of college was working for a fashion and homewares brand. So I was employed as the graphic designer and I worked in the design studio alongside the fashion team. And there was like a whole sampling factory there as well. So I was surrounded by bolts of the most gorgeous Liberty fabric. And I mean, it's really hard not to be inspired in that kind of environment. So as well as that, um, I was also tasked with designing surface, repeat surface pattern prints for their products and clothing. Um, And that was like something I'd never really considered when I was studying illustration in college, like that, that was a direction you could go with illustration. So it really was an eye-opening experience. Um, I got very into making repeat patterns. There's something about like the process of making a repeat. It's actually quite similar to making a quilt block and the satisfaction that gives when you see it all repeating and like, it looks so good together. Um, And from there, then those 
those repeat patterns were put onto products for that were sold in their stores and also clothing. So, you know, sometimes I would see someone walking down the street wearing something that I I had designed and it was just like, wow. So, I mean, that was pretty satisfying, um, especially for someone who was like quite soon out of college. You know, I hadn't been working that long. So um, it was also a very fast paced environment, though, I will say it was fashion at the end of the day. And so I started to feel a little burnt out. And as part of that process, and I was like, well, how can I do this for myself, maybe, where I don't have to do the nine to five necessarily, but I, or, well, I say nine to five, it was actually more like eight to eight <laughs> on a good day. So um, I just, yeah, I started researching the world of textile design and that led me to uh, the likes of Amy Butler and Anna Maria Horner. And back then they, this was before Instagram. So they were blogging and as part, you know, a lot of their blogs, it wasn't just their fabric. It was like the lifestyle that they led, which just, they seemed to have a much better work-life balance in general than what I had. And that was also super appealing. So I was like, how can I, how can I manage to make this work? Like, how can I do this? And of course it wasn't in any way straightforward. Like, um, I was living in Ireland. Most of the companies are in the U S but I did decide that the, the best way forward at the time was to like quit my job, <laughs> number one. <laughs> and then I decided to go backpacking, you know, why not? Cause I was like 27 years old. And as part of, when I was backpacking, we went through India, we spent six months traveling through India and that was super inspiring. Like I basically started sketching on this trip. And I, when I came back to Ireland, I had sketch pads full of my designs and a clearer idea of how to go about doing it. So, yeah, I mean, that was kind of how I started designing collections. It was a little bit longer from there before I actually got picked up by Moda. So there was a bit of trial and error. There was like, my work was definitely not great to begin with. Like the, the first collections I designed were a little bit generic, I think. Um, and I think sometimes you do need to go through that rejection at first before you like kind of realize where you need to improve. Um, but a few collections in, I'd managed to kind of hone my style a bit. And then we moved to Boston in 2015. And that kind of afforded me the space that I needed to really focus at which point I submit, submitted my newest group of collections. And within like half an hour of submitting them, Moda got back to me and was like, <laughs> when can you talk? And I was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, like by the next week I was signing a contract and um, that was like step one anyway. I'd, I got the contract and I was on the road to my fabric journey, but I will say that was only kind of the beginning because then it dawned on me that I needed to also promote the fabric and I needed to like learn how to quilt. And, you know, that was not something that I had ever done before. So, um, you know, with, with the help of my sister, her background is in fashion design. So she is a very crafty person and a few friends I managed to put together my first quilt market 
booth. And then obviously at market, I met a lot more people. Like I met a pattern writer who helped me and still continues to proof my patterns for me. Um, so that was great. And then also some people to make samples. So I kind of had like a network at that point. And then I did that for a couple of years until it started to feel like I needed more control over just when, when it came to like, you know, releasing a new collection, I found that I would get a little bit stressed out before the release because I was relying on all these other people to make samples and write my patterns and everything. So, uh, it was actually the pan when the pandemic hit, I found myself with a lot more time, like a lot of people did have. And I said, right, it's now or never. If I can't make a quilt now, you know, I'm never going to make a quilt. And sure enough, I managed to make a quilt. And um, then once I kind of caught the bug, I guess you could say. So I then made a bunch more. And then like I kind of went from zero, zero to 60, where I was then planning an entire, you know, business around quilting. And um, I decided to write my own patterns. And then I was like, oh, I'll design coats too. Why not? And cross stitch, even though I've never done cross stitch before. <laughs> so yeah, it's, that's how I've, anyway, that's how I've gotten to where I am now. So, so when you were designing those first collections that, um, you know, after your, your backpacking, were you planning to were you designing for quilting at that point or were you designing for a broader range of uh, usage for the fabric? Yes, I was designing for quilting. So pretty much from the time that I, from back when I was working in that fashion and homewares company and I started researching what market would be a good one to try and get into, at, that was the point when I decided the, quilt, the quilting market was the best for, fit for me. Um, it just seemed like the scope for illustration was much broader. You know, there's like so many different types of fabric. And then I, I also liked just, as I said, like the lifestyle that the, the likes of Amy Butler and Anna Maria Horner seemed to live. I just basically wanted to be them. <laughs> so, And unfortunately, I will say that in my first designs, I think I wanted to be a little bit too much like them because my designs also looked a bit too much like theirs. And I, I, you know, I think I needed to really work on developing my own style. And that was when I started to see success in the quilting world. And as you've gained more experience um, designing and making quilts, have you found that um, that has changed your perspective and how you approach uh, designing a collection for quilting fabrics? Yes. So I think it's totally influenced my fabric design, actually, because before I designed, um, before I started writing quilt patterns in particular, um, I was kind of focused on designing very pattern heavy fabric. And I wasn't really marrying the two things. Like, I feel like if you're coming at quilt design from a somebody who's a quilter, you're naturally going to be better working with fabric, I think. Whereas for me, I gravitate towards solids because I'm used to kind of working with a palette of solid colors on my computer. I kind of think of it as like just, you know, a crayon box of colors. And so I found that happening to me that like I was designing these quilts and 
I would always color them first. And then I just became much more comfortable with solids than patterns. It's a whole other kind of way of thinking, I think, designing with p pattern. So um, that's actually how my newest collection came to be. I mentioned this to Moda that I was like very focused on my business and that I'd been really using a lot of solids. And so they suggested I design a basics line. So that's the new line, the new fabric group that's out right now is called Beyond Bella. And it's um, 58 different Bella solid background colors with this kind of like cross hash motif. It's like an X. It's just, it's a simple basic, but it's very versatile. And I, I kind of use it in everything. And in turn, I've actually found that now my quilts are getting more colorful because there's so many colors in this in this line that like I'm also much more adventurous in my color maybe just still not so much in the use of pattern fabrics but I feel like I need to get back to that like I will but I think I needed to kind of get the basics down of quilt design first especially with pattern writing before I can focus on the other side of things. So for those of our audience who might not be familiar with your work um, can you share your design style? I think it's probably quite modern. Um, I generally, I, I've always been attracted to Scandinavian and Japanese art prints. Like I like the minimalism of those design styles. And so, yeah, that's generally what I gravitate towards. I also love Bauhaus design and the kind of flat graphics and minimal number of colors. Um, so yeah, generally just bold and graphic. Um, so when you, could you like tell us a little bit more about, um, walk us through your design process when you're putting together a new fabric collection? Sure, yeah, like the first thing that I will do when I'm designing a fabric collection, just for consistency is I'll kind of set a theme and usually I'll have a few ideas knocking around my head before I start. Um, and then I'll just run with whatever appeals to me at the time, because like you kind of, you need to, it needs to keep you interested or else like I'll just get bored with the collection. Um, and usually then I'll start with what's called the lead print. And that's the print that forms the basis of the whole collection. It's usually quite detailed and it tells the story of the group and it contains the main color palette. So you will use that color palette across all the coordinating prints as well. And I'll just start out with sketches and then scan those into my computer and work them up into a repeat pattern. And from there, I'll like build out the rest of the group. Um, most groups follow a similar structure in that like the type of prints that are in a group. So it's quite easy, like once you've done one fabric group to kind of do another because you kind of know what exactly each print should be. So, you know, we know that like designing fabric is done years out before the collection actually finally releases. Like, how do you stay on top of trends or forecasting what's like going to be popular in terms of color or even um, design sensibility? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely harder because it takes about a year from when you design it before it's going out into stores. So honestly, like I just try not to stay on top of trends. Like I try not to follow them too much. I think the great thing about quilt fabric is it doesn't really, it's not as say 
fashion you know the, the fashion world it's very very dependent on trends and things will last for like sometimes only six months and then it'll be gone whereas i do think that with quilt fabric trends tend to stick around longer so it's easier to kind of figure out when they're starting to die out so and also with a with a type of fabric like novelty fabric there's not really any trends there like in that the subject matter you can kind of do whatever um and then obviously florals are always always popular like i don't know if there's different styles of floral but like they're they're generally always going to be there's always going to be demand for florals um so i feel like yeah if i wanted to just always have a successful group i would i should probably just design floral groups <laughs> but i don't i don't know i i have some mental block against florals for some reason. So you've designed more than one fabric collection. So in your opinion, what makes a fabric collection successful? So I'm actually still trying to figure out the magic formula for that. Um, I think that like some groups just resonate more than others and it can be hard to predict. In saying that, like you do, if you manage to create a collection that has all the components in it, such as like the lead print, a scatter print, a low volume blender, a structured geometric, um, a linear directional print. And within all of those, you manage to have a really strong color palette that blends and flows really well into the entire group, people are going to be tempted to buy the whole thing. Like they're, that's what your goal is, is basically like to try and make it just impossible to resist. So if you can manage to do that, then it's going to, then it's a success. The only thing is, is like, sometimes you'll do all of that and it'll look great and it's still may not do as well as another one. And so I just, I don't, I don't have the exact answer, but that, that certainly helps. And what is one thing you wish quilters knew about the fabric designing process? I'd say probably just how long it takes from when you are like creating the designs. Like, so if I'm doing a sketch and I share the sketch on Instagram and then when the, when, if that does end up on fabric, it might be like six months later when I'm getting sample yardage. And so I'll share the sample yardage to alert the shops to know to place their orders and then pretty much as soon as I put that post up, I'll get all these messages, which is great. Like I love getting positive feedback from people and like, they'll say, so where can I get it? And I'm like, oh, sorry. It's like, you're going to have to wait seven or eight months. <laughs> and then I feel like people forget maybe by the time it actually does release that it's like, you know, that maybe they've moved on mentally. So yeah, that's, that's probably the one thing I wish they knew. So as we're scrolling through your Instagram account page and website, uh, you have three pretty distinct animal characters. So you've got a fox, owl, and a raccoon. So what's the inspiration behind those three animals? And of course, do they have names? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, first I'll address, do they have names? They do have names, but I haven't shared those names with anybody because... <laughs> I was a little like 
initially I was going to release them as named animals and then I thought you know what if people don't like the names and they then are like put off buying them because they have a negative association with the name so (laughs) so I actually kind of chickened out of releasing them as named but um I can share the names if you Ooh, want. It's a cool, cool, cool buzz <laughs> exclusive. Yeah, insider information. <laughs> um, so it's Freddie the Fox. Oh my God, um, so cute. Ollie Owl and Ricky Raccoon. Aww. So I, like- yeah, I was looking for names that were like kind of gender, gender neutral, but to be honest, I think they sound like a little bit more boyish maybe and so I I was kind of thinking you know I don't want people to I don't want to limit my market here so I decided to just release them as the little animal quilts and then where they came from like the inspiration for them the very first quilt that I designed with my first fabric group was this big bear quilt um and it was really really popular it ended up considering it was the first quilt I designed it ended up being like a best-selling kit that year for Moda, which really surprised me. But ever since then, people have been asking me for more animal quilts. So I kind of knew that I, the time, the timing just seemed right, you know, as the first bunch of quilts that I released under this new business, I felt like it was probably the right time to do that, to, to put some new animals out into the world. So are there any plans to continue to expand the animal family? Yes, I'm actually working on, I have two more in progress um, and I'll probably do another one to bring it to six. I mean, I could probably continue designing animal quilts forever, but, you know, I need to work on some other things. But so I think six would be a good number. You also mentioned at the beginning that you've also designed a quilt jacket pattern as well. And these animals have um, appeared in the children's version of it. Can you tell kind of the backstory behind this project and, you know, how it came about? Sure. Yeah. So, well, first and foremost, I don't have a ton. I mean, Jillian is the person I teamed up with, Jillian Hollingsworth of Worthy Design Studio. So, this jacket probably would not have, it wouldn't have come to be really without her input. Um, And I will say like, I've always had it in the back of my head since designing the quilts, especially the bear quilt, that I'd love to see it on the back of a kid's coat. I just had this idea of like a little bomber jacket with, you know, an animal head on the back. Um, But I, because I don't have a background in fashion, I kind of parked that idea for a while because I didn't really know how to make it happen and then like I don't know you've, you've probably seen on Instagram like the amount of quilt coats that have been doing the rounds for the last few years and so the more I saw people doing it I was like okay I really need to do this now is the time and so Gillian was my obvious choice we used to work together uh, back in Ireland she actually went to the same college as me she did fashion Although we didn't know, she says she remembers me in college, but I don't remember her (laughs) because I was two years ahead of her. And you know, the way like you kind of are always watching the people ahead. Anyway, sorry, Gillian. (laughs) But um, we ended up, she thankfully agreed to work with me on this because she's, she's so talented and she has her own pattern business, but she had never worked on one quilt patterns or two children's patterns. So it was actually a learning process for both of us. Um, 
she especially for her because there's a big difference between the kind of shape of children's clothes and adults clothes and so drafting those patterns was a lot of work to figure it out but she totally nailed it and we had great testers to help us along the way so we had people with children's testing them from sizes one all the way up to 10 and they they fit really well they're like the fit is perfect and um yeah like it's it was it was great working with her I, I feel like you know when you're used to working on your own you don't often have that same um environment like where you get to like bounce off the other person and so that was great so like the way we brainstormed together initially like my idea with just the animal on the back ended up growing into something that had ears and a tail and you know we decided to make them reversible so that the kid could like basically wear the animal that they could dress up as the animal so that they could have the little ears and the tail and um it was a, it was so much fun it was just so much fun to design them it sounded like there was a lot of trial and error uh between the different versions that you've done so how long did this whole process take you it took from so i think we probably first started talking about it around the time that i was launching the quilts which was april 2021 And then that summer we started working on it and then we released them in December of 2021. So we actually managed to get it like within that probably six months, I would say, from when we first started working on it, which is actually not too bad. Um, But it was it was a lot of work. And I mean, it was definitely a labor of love. I you know, there's some things that like you just do because you you want to do them. And I, that's what these codes were like. I'm glad we did it, but, um, it was, yeah, it was huge. (laughs) The great thing that came out of it though, I will say is that Jillian has also released the coat pattern under her own brand without the quilted panel on the back as the forest coat. So if anybody wanted to make this coat without the pieced animal head, they can. And it's a great base for any quilt coats for children. Um, and it's also like can be made as easy or as difficult as you want it to be by like, it has a detachable hood. So you can just like leave the hood off it or there's patch pockets. So you don't have to put those on or you could decide to just put like a hook and eye enclosure instead of um, a zip. So that would be like my advice to anyone who is attempting a quilt coat is just to keep it really simple the simpler the better unless you have like sewing experience like garment sewing experience in which case you know you're you'll be you'll find it fine but um just for anyone like me for example who's coming at it from a quilter's point of view and not necessarily a garment sewer simple (laughs) simple is key (laughs) And what is Jillian's brand if we want to check out her garment uh, patterns? Jillian is Worthy Design Studio. So between designing fabrics and your own quilt patterns, as well as these jackets, do you have any uh, fun projects on the horizon that you can share with our listeners? Sure. Um, So let's see. I mean, I'm planning to expand my Beyond Bella group. Um, So currently there's just one print in it. it's called On Point. It's the cross hash X, but I want to add a few more prints to that um, so that 
the collection can be used more broadly. And then um, I'm also probably going to get back into designing more pattern heavy groups because I do miss it now at this point. Um, and then in terms of other things, there's like, I've just released a quilt pattern called Letra, which is an alphabet quilt. And um, I'm planning to make that into a cross stitch as well. So that will be fun. And then I'd love to make that quilt as well in a few different types of fabrics. Um, I have a bit of a love affair with linen at the moment. So I'd love to see it in linen. I just feel like it it's... It's a more grown up looking fabric, I think, and it's subtler and has more texture in it. So um, I'm excited about that. And then I'm also this year I'm working on just building my pattern brand. So that means uh, working on my distribution channels, um, like working with what I already have. I have all of these patterns, so I you know need to get them out into the world. And I already have a few distributors, but I am looking to add a few more. Um, and honestly, just getting my studio in order. <laughs> it's a total bomb site. Like I have, this has been a bit of a wild year. Like I had a baby 10 months ago. So, and I live in a loft apartment, so that's not the best combination. So there's like fabric and toys and just, you know, we need to <laughs> get organized. So those, those are my goals. <laughs> and are there any sort of fabric collections that we should be keeping an eye out for yes actually my newest beyond bella colors are about to hit shops so that's 28 new colors to add to the existing 30 that's 58 in total now and also shipping with this fabric are two new quilt patterns my letter quilt and also gumball a minimalist dot pattern Oh, I think I saw that and it's so cute. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Clearly I stalk you. <laughs> and when will the fabric collection hit stores? Um, March. It's shipping in March. On that note, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Annie? I'm ready. Okay. Wendy, take us away. All right. So what's your favorite time of day to quilt? In nighttime. And where in the uh, studio loft do you sew? <laughs> in my living room, which is <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and where do you like to cross stitch? Um, I like a long car journey as passenger um, or in front of the TV. And music, Netflix, podcasts, or the sounds of silence while sewing? Uh, podcast or music. And do you have a current favorite? I'm a sucker for true crime. Like, and like, once I get into something, like I will binge it. And that's the th that's why I like podcasts because it keeps me like at my sewing machine or at my desk. Otherwise I get distracted and I get up and start making snacks or something. <laughs> and what is your favorite snack while working? Um, on, well, so while working, no snacks. While I'm, okay. while I'm sewing, no snacks. On Too break, messy. what's... What's your favorite snack? Um, probably just like crackers and hummus. Yeah. <laughs> I could see why no snacking. Well, sorry. Yeah, yeah. messy, <laughs> messy. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite traditional quilt block? Um, I love an Ohio star quilt. And what is your favorite color? Anything green. And what's your favorite brand of solids and color from it? Bella solids, obviously. Um, I can't commit to a color, sorry. And what color do you use most in your designs? 
probably off-white um, or there's another one etching stone. It's kind of like a taupe color. Solids or print fabrics? Currently solids, but that is subject to change. <laughs> and what is your favorite fabric collection you've designed to date? Oh, uh, that's like picking your favorite child. Um, <laughs> I, I will say like probably my first one just because it's what launched me into the fabric world. So big sky. And out of the three animal quilting and cross-stitch designs, which one is the most popular? Uh, the fox followed by the owl. And what is your favorite quilt shop? My favorite quilt shop, I love um, the Fat Quarter Shop. Uh, pick one, designing fabric, quilt patterns, or cross-stitch patterns. Um, designing, probably designing fabric. It's probably still my number one. And what's your favorite part of the quilting process? Um, I love when you get to the point where the blocks come together and you're laying them out on the design wall and you see the whole quilt, like where you can see the design coming together. And what's your least favorite part of the quilting process? I think at the end when you have to trim all the, the back before it goes to the long armor, it's just like you want to, at that point, you think you're finished. Yeah. <laughs> it should be finished. <laughs> Do you have a go-to long arm quilter? Yes. Uh, not in thread, Caitlin, not, not in thread. And then also um, a, lo a great local long arm quilter here is Narda from Maz Q. She's in Rhode Island. What's one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? Staying up too late. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I find I, I just, once I get into it, I find that it's like 2 a.m. far too soon. And I just, yeah, I don't have an off switch. Like I just want to finish it. So yeah, staying up too late. And do you have a quilty best friend? I have a couple. Um, probably Crystal Manning. Uh, we started at Moda around the same time. So we bonded over that. And she's also absolutely hilarious. She's so funny. <laughs> and do you have any other interests or hobbies? Yeah, I mean... Um, well, in a year where I haven't had a baby, <laughs> I normally, I love going out to see live music and I love to travel. So I'm always kind of planning my next adventure. Um, and then also this year, um, we are in the middle of a self-build house project, which is coming to an, a close. Thankfully, finally, it's been going oh on God. for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Oh. So I've, I'm just at the, I'm picking tiles and all that fun stuff. So that's kind of, um, I guess, a hobby right now. <laughs> it takes over your whole life. Like, I yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, it's, Are you yeah. staying in the Providence area? Yes. It's like just over the state line in Massachusetts. Oh. But yeah, it's pretty much still, it's like a 30 minute drive from Providence. Um, now, before we wrap today up, we've got just one more question for you. And that is, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? So definitely follow Worthy Design Studio. Um, that is Jillian, who I teamed up with on the Quilted Coat Patterns. And you can see many different versions of her adorable daughter modeling um, what, she, what her 
pattern, which is the forest coat. So that's it without the animal head. Um, I also love the account Farm and Folk. It's Sarah. She's like just, she makes gorgeous, tr- modern yet traditional quilt patterns using um, like natural dyes and a lot of natural fabrics. And she lives in this kind of rural farm, very, very idyllic existence. And then also I love modern handcraft. Nicole, um, super talented, everything she does. She's just like knocks it out of the park. And I also like the main reason I am on Instagram is people's stories. So like she has the best stories. She just like, she shares everything. Like she's very open and like she shares tips and tricks and like what she's bought in Walmart that day and about her bunny and you know just everything she's great definitely worth following actually you know what I don't even know if she's actually maybe I shouldn't say Walmart because it might not be Walmart it could be Target she may not even shop in Walmart I think she <laughs> I think it was a Walmart or Costco thing I don't know but she posted okay. about yeah like, Costco yes yeah. posted about these gardening gloves that she was going to use for yes quilting. she was going to use for I never, yes. I never yes. people love gardening gloves for quilting oh yeah I do too yeah they look great <laughs> I think the, the verdict though was that they weren't they were too stiff I okay. think that was the ultimate thanks verdict thanks for yes. answering my question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wanted to know I should have I should have messaged her actually but it's alright <laughs> yeah <laughs> on that mystery being solved we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed today's show if you'd like to contact any of us we can most easily easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio, Wendy. I'm at the.weekendquilter. And Annie. Bound Co. That's bound underscore co. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website, quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Bye.